Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. I can't believe it's episode 99 of the podcast. Uh, And just like the 99 ice cream cone, we're in for a treat today because I'm joined by Marion Byrne. Marion is a good friend of mine and also happens to be one of the best and, in my opinion, most instinctive life coaches in the country. We're going to chat about many things, coaching, coping with change, um, and I'm sure many other things will pop up as well. Back when we could meet people in person, which is what, about a year ago now, myself and Marion would meet up for a cuppa, probably about once a quarter. And those conversations seemed to to last for at least two hours. We'd always find something to chat about. Uh, And my challenge today will be to keep it between about 30 and 40 minutes. So Marion, you're so welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, James, and thank you for having me. And I would like to say I have a cup of tea in front of me <laughs> on, on, in honour of the occasion. I even put oh. on perfume for you. I oh. appreciate that. <laughs> I, can, I can smell it down through Zoom for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like it does. It, it, we were just saying there, it's, um, it's, it's about a year since we, since we met. Um, and, 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 and it's one of the things I really miss is that sort of just you know, parking ourselves with a cuppa and having a good chat and speaking about work and personal lives and, and catching up. And it's funny because I often sort of thought that if we had a microphone on the table in front of us in the Westbury or the Radisson or wherever we were, it would make for a good podcast episode. So there you go. There you go. Maybe we should maybe we should have backed out. I can't believe it's a year, but mm. no, you're absolutely right. And I know um, I've been lucky enough to work with a few people over the years who maybe were looking to do a book or in some yes. way communicate. And they found it really hard to sit down and just kind of start to write. But if we were talking, it would flow. So yes. it's funny you should say that because that's happened on occasion where we say, well, let's just tape it. And then you can go back over and hear what you've heard yourself say. Yeah. Um, so that's a good idea, James. Yeah, that's a good yeah. Idea. And, and, and I think as well, it's funny if I put my writer's hat on for a minute. Um, I, I know when I'm writing, as much as I've learned that you do partially like a, you know, a, a creative brain dump, as it were, and then you go back and edit I, I think when you're writing, it's so difficult to separate the two of them. Whereas when you're speaking, it, it tends to just come much more from the heart, I find. It's, you know, it's not censored as much. Um, true, true. Anyway, let me, let me give, give listeners a little bit of background on yourself, Marion. So Marion's been a full-time professional coach, mentor and facilitator since 2003. Uh, she works with people on a one-to-one basis with teams and also as part of a leadership and, and development programs. She's been the lead facilitator with the Irish Life Coach Institute since 2005 and also develops programs and seminars around areas such as resilience, change, change management, confidence and coaching skills for life. She's a published author. Her book, Adding Life to Your Years, is what it seems about five years now, Mary, and I can't believe that I, know. Um, I have it here beside me. And of course, that book is, I, I find it a wonderful resource because it takes a coaching approach to making changes and improving the quality of our lives and thinking on a, on a day-to-day basis. And of course, Mary, your website is Marion Byrne, that's B-Y-R-N-E dot I-E as well as a, as a, as a reference point for, for listeners looking to find out more about you. <laughs> and James, as you say that, I was thinking um, in having the opportunity to talk with you this morning, how on earth mm. could I follow some of the amazing speakers and um, episodes that you've had before? But now I'm finding it hard. How will I live up to my intro? Because when you say, <laughs> when you say it like that, is that, my, is that me? <laughs> You're so busy doing it, you don't reflect. And I suppose there is the first thing when we step back and we reflect on ourselves. Yeah, um, it's probably a good thing to do. Um, it, it's it's yeah it's 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 an interesting point that because we you know we we're looking for what's next and we're aware of our own learning gaps and you know the projects we're working on or whatever rarely do we sort of look back and look at the journey and 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 that's like it's 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 a nice little segue into the first thing I was going to mention Marion which is like I think it's about twenty years ago almost twenty years ago since we since since we met on a coaching course and we've stayed in touch since, which is fantastic. And on that point, um, given that we're audio and people can't see me, I feel yeah. comfortable enough to say this. <laughs> so the day we started that course was the day of my 40th birthday. Oh no, and you're giving age away. Then. I know, I know, but nobody can see me. So it's fine. No, and no. it's three months into lockdown without a hairdresser. So thank <laughs> you for audio only. 
but it was the first it was it was, a, it was actually on the day the first day was the day of my 40th birthday and I, I remember right. I remember saying to I had worked in the bank for yes. uh, nearly 20 years I had I was on a career break I had three young children at the time yeah. and I'd taken some time but I remember saying to um to Adrian like am I too old to do something mm. like this and to make mm. a change mm. and he was saying oh you're never too old and um, so I had kind of 20 years pre-coaching and nearly 20 years doing it and I keep on saying next year now when I turn 60 what will I do for the 20 after that and um, you're yeah, never too old to make a change chapter, no, yes, yeah, no yeah. I can't believe it it doesn't seem 10 years since the 5-0 Marion that's that's scary because I remember your 5-0 yeah. um I can't believe yeah and it's funny I, and I'm, you've you've had a, a bendy roundy one as well James haven't yes you? yes yes 5-0 in the last when was that last June the yeah. um um yeah interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah. the yeah because then I would have been only 30 doing the coaching course that would be right because I I I had I had just come off a sabbatical um and uh it's interesting I'm not sure was I saying it to you before but about two or three years ago I was invited to do a talk in the same venue where our coaching course took place the Amos retreat center out in Swords and um, that's where we we went every was it a weekend a month um, yes and uh, and I was back there in that same big room now the building had been had been renovated or done up but it was so bizarre you know, like sort of 18 years later or whatever going back into that room which I had fully associated with like the learning environment and the camaraderie and the the you know the trial and error of 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 learning coaching techniques you know to be to be at the front of the room you know delivering something to the group it was um it was probably a full circle moment the course itself um is like an obvious i suppose thing when you look at doing a course it's an obvious learning experience and um, but if you think about it, like we're learning every day. So that yes. was whatever, yes. but, you know, yes. every day, every week, you know, the challenges that you come. So sometimes we're consciously learning, um, but we're always learning and growing. And even going back to, you know, um, what I said about living up to, to the introduction, um, I, what I find is myself and other people, we can often be comparing ourselves and we rarely do it favorably. Like, you know, we're not oh, yeah. saying, oh, I'm much better than everybody else. Yeah. But that saying, stay in your own lane, um, yes. something that resonates with people. They'll often say, I keep coming back to just compare yourself to yourself yesterday um, and to where you want to go rather than looking right or left. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. valid. So valid. I think I read recently or heard somewhere recently, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, which was a nice, you know, neat way of saying it because as you say we're never comparing ourselves favorably to others um uh Marianne, i know there in the intro uh, which is all true by the way that intro the um um uh, and and my how would i say it you know you know when i think of you i think of your innate skill as a coach and someone who is is absolutely meant to be doing what they're doing and mm -hmm. I know, I know you work with individuals, you work with groups, you work as a facilitator. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the variety of what it is that you do. Yes. And um, as you say, it sounds as if I, I often think I would be a brander or marketing person's worst nightmare to, you know, say, well, what exactly is it that you do because of the variety of ways that I work? Mm. But the common denominator is coaching. So if they're the legs of the table or the chair, yes. coaching is what joins it together. And like coaching, as we say, is kind of, um, it, it's not, it, it's, a, it's just a way of being and working with people. And I call them coaching conversations, not coaching yes. sessions, but it's an inside out and an outside in job. And um, so there will be a prompt as to why we're maybe getting to talk. So it could be a goal. There could be, as I say, if it's part of a program or there could be somebody who's looking to, they have a goal that they want or they're not sure what they want, but there's a prompt or something on the outside that prompts us to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. But then it's always about what's going on and the person who's, um, who's on that journey and who is looking to achieve that goal or to get there. And that's how, how, how do we feel about ourselves on the inside you mentioned earlier on confidence, resilience, self-esteem. Mm. Um, how do we want to be in life? Um, you know, what, what are we being called to do? So there's the, the goal or the outside piece, which gives us the journey, but it's the transformation. And so you don't go through it, you grow through it. Yes. And I remember a client of mine, 
in the early days, beautiful, beautiful lady who just finished training as a doctor. And um, she had realized that she'd finished and she was beginning to question, you know, um, some of the things about the direction she'd taken. And we went on a journey together. But at the end of it, she sent me a poem by Kafafi and it's called mm. it- Ichika. Um, and I don't know, I had never heard it before. Um, and maybe you have, but I, I, I've heard of the poet, but I don't think I know that poem. No. Oh, it's, it's amazing. And on our training programs, I often read it because I just feel it's so, so much aligned with any journey that we're taking or any, any process that we're in. So Ichika is an island in Greece, which mm. is very close to my heart because I have yes. a son who spent many years there and I used to go there every September. But Ichika was an island and it's about setting out for Ichika and about the journey on the way to Ichika. And the end of the poem speaks about and, um, you know, when you get there and um, it won't have disappointed you, even if it's not what you expect, you won't be disappointed because it's given you the journey. So that idea of we have a goal, just something that we want to achieve, but it's who we become on the way and the experiences mm. we have and really kind of owning that rather just trying to get through it to get to where we want to go. It's kind of saying so it's an inside out and an outside in job, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense and, yeah. um, and, and resonates with me for sure. Now, I know, I know, of course, with, you know, 20 years experience working as a coach, Marion, and every client is different. We, we know that. But um, have you found that similar themes pop up time and time again with people? Um, yes, there's probably, well, as you say, over all those years, the, the reasons and um, are as varied as people and our individual experiences, mm. so it's vast. But if you were to look at themes, I suppose there are some in relation to why people might come and then um, some that might crop up when we're actually working together. Right. So that, you know, the the prompts for coming and um, it'd be interesting when when I'm talking to somebody, maybe that initial phone call, somebody gets in touch and they would often say, um, I'm stuck. I'm feeling just yes. stuck. Yes. Um, it could be that you don't know what you want um, or you don't know where to start or that kind of stuck feeling. And there was a, a great quote. Um, I thought it was somebody who was very intelligent or wise until I found out it was a cartoon strip in America. Um, <laughs> Alfred E. Newman. And he said, most, okay. people, most people don't know what they want, but they're yeah. pretty sure they don't have it. So sometimes we come and, you know, there's nothing wrong, but I'm just not happy. Or yeah. we're looking for change, but we're feeling stuck because we don't know where to start. Or I'm lost. Yes. I'm going round in circles. And that idea of looking, I want to get a bit of clarity a bit of direction um, and that idea the, the motivation the motive to act the reason well, why what what is it what's the why behind what I'm looking to do and then to actually get going to to move into action so it's all the coming that that would be say common things that people may say stuck lost yes. but yes. it's yes. always exactly. around change yeah because mm. coaching exists because of change yes. it is to help people to be proactive about it let's go and do this it's to help people if it's happening to them, that yeah. you know it's been forced upon them and to transition through it. So it's all about change in some way, change on the outside and change on the inside. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you completely. And it's, it's interesting because different people will use different language. And of course, as a coach, it's important to, to speak their language as, as best as possible. But there is always that sense of, how would I say it? If, if, if I was to to add a common theme that I've experienced in that area, it would be almost like coming home to themselves a little bit more. It's like remembering who they are or, or that modern phrase of authenticity. Um, um, but I suppose that's the inside bit. There's also the outside bit as you had, um, as, as you had mentioned, Marion. Yeah. No, it's true. And that inside bit, um, there, I suppose it going back to themes and, um, mm. If you think about, it, we come into this world and we come in with some strengths. Yes, you know, we might know them, we mightn't want to own them, but we have some strengths. Then there are things. What are the things that we're naturally interested in, or passionate about, or drawn to? And um, and if you kind of are aware of your strengths and you're good at something, but you're not passionate about it, it's probably a job or something that you don't want to a job you don't want to go to on a Monday morning. Mm-hmm. If you're passionate about something, but you're not playing to your strengths, it may be that it's a hobby, but you'll never be as good at it as somebody who's in the flow for them. So being good at it and being passionate about it means that you'll do it, you'll do it easily, effortless, you'll enjoy it. Um, but the third piece that comes into play is, well, how does this add value to the world? Yes. Um, and when you kind of bring those three pieces together, um, 
it's really, really powerful. They're kind of part of the, the icky guy that people would talk oh, yeah. about, finding your icky guy. Um, but that idea of remembering who we are, because we've come in for a reason. This is like a maze down here and we've come in and we're trying to navigate this maze, but it's remembering why we came in the first place. Um, and it's that inside job. And when we talked about teams, mm. and I said, we said maybe some of the teams as to why people would come. One of the teams that definitely comes up along the way is that idea of fear or mm. self, lack of self-belief. And mm. um, it pops up all the time. Uh, fear of change, you yeah. know, because I mightn't like the way things are, but the change might be a little bit daunting. And um, it's, it's interesting. And... Um, with, with change, some people by their nature love it. And they'd say, yeah. you know, bring it on. I get bored. It was the same. And for others, it takes a little bit of time. So maybe it's fear of the change or it could be about making the right decision or getting it wrong yeah. and the weight of that decision. It's about what will other people think. There'll be loads of things that come in depending on, on, on the person and the situation. Yes. Or it could be that in that belief in myself to do it. So definitely what holds us back is ourselves. There are the external factors, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But the biggest one, and the interesting thing is one that we can have control over and, and help give us some momentum is looking at the internal blocks. Yes, because that's where we have control um, uh, or at least a, a degree of control as opposed to trying to control the stuff that goes on outside of us, which is um, usually futile. I've tried it, Marion. <laughs> somebody said to me once one amazing client said to me one day he said i've just figured out that i'm not god I'm not <laughs> whatever god might be to and he said and it's such a relief because it was exhausting i can't figure everything i can't sort it all out enough um, yes throw my hands up but of course that is surrender when you think about it if we go spiritual with some of it it's um and um, i used to sort of get resignation confused with surrender it's like i'm trying my best and i'm surrendering it then to a higher power as it were um without getting too philosophical Marion. um now speaking of change of course um as i've said a good few times on different episodes the last year has been like change on steroids at every level for us and maybe with this hint of spring in the air and vaccines being rolled out, you know, there's a sense of a new or a next normal, perhaps, on the horizon. And I know this is something that you that you explore in some of your workshops. So for, for those of us maybe, you know, looking to continue to navigate, you know, this time of change, any, any tips or insights that, um, that you would offer, Marion? Um. As you say, James, it's been a surreal year. And when I was reflecting back on it um, at the beginning of it last year, um, I, I was doing a lot of work around coping with anxiety during uncertainty. Mm, yes. So in the initial stages, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of stuff, but there was an energy in it. Like everything was a little bit heightened, um, which kind of contrasted with the abject tiredness and um, downness of January and February that yes. people were. So it went, as you say, from coping with anxiety to adjusting to the the next norm and then the new norm and all of those but the what was interesting was and the reason that they were so popular was people were looking for normal and if you think about it normal is a concept yeah why would we want it to be normal because if it's normal i know what to expect if it's normal and um, maybe i'm not just the only one going through it and that helps mm -hmm. if it's normal it doesn't take as much energy to consciously be doing everything. I can be an automatic pilot. Um, but from that, it is that sensible, you know, why would we want to go back? Having been through all this, mm. uh, why would we want to go back to the way it was? So I think Charles Darwin should be the poster boy for 2021 because he famously said it is not the strongest of the species that survives, you know, the most intelligent. It is those who are the most adaptive to change yes so that's resilience is the word for 2021 yes or hardiness and yeah. um, yeah. but going back to what you said advice i suppose just maybe two three three things general general mm. ones the first one is as a good coach and um, a, a coach coaching is non-directive so as yeah. a coach you you don't tell people what to do you help them to figure it out for themselves so at this stage um if you're listening to this and you're interested in a tip for the next couple of weeks or months. Mm -hmm. You've already been a year. You know yourself better than anybody else does. Mm -hmm. And you've already had a year to reflect on. So the first thing would be to ask yourself, what three pieces of advice do you have for yourself 
for the coming weeks or the coming months because you can read top tips and Google and you'll yeah. get some interesting things. But if you reflect, you'll know what's working, what's not working. Um, what is this situation asking of you? What does this next stage ask of you? How do I want to be? So, you know, the first one would be, um, what three pieces of advice have you got for yourself? And people always will reflect afterwards. Oh my God, that's so interesting. Mm. I kind of know it, but when I think about it and I write it down and mm. I see it, mm. there's my guidelines. Um, the second one, which, and I'm, I'm just thinking about, you know, some of the, the seminars and workshops and that and working with people, what have people said that's helpful? Um, yes. One of the others was that idea of recognizing we have more in common with the toddlers or the teenagers than we might like to think we have. <laughs> okay. I know. So when the toddlers have the tantrum um, and we know that that's a stage and we accept it, it's still yeah. difficult. Yeah. Why do toddlers have tantrums? So you can have a listen out for, you know, okay, is there one of those that might be relevant for me? So one reason is that they're looking to control themselves or their environment. They don't want to put on the seatbelt. They don't want to put on their shoes. They don't want to eat that because they're looking for some control. In resilience and in the time, having a sense of control over yourself and your environment, it's one of the common denominators of resilience and hardiness where people thrive through change rather than kind of um, just surviving it. So feeling... Where do we have control? Where do we not? Mm. Like what you said, James, that idea of focus, what's within my control yes. and what's not. The second thing is they might be getting frustrated. They're trying to do something and it's just not working. And that can happen to us. And a little bit like what you said as well, with frustration, there's an energy in it. Yes. If you'd given up on it, you'd be disappointed or whatever. But if you're frustrated, your brain is saying there's another way of doing this or a better way. You want to do things differently. And um, it could be emotions and they don't know what the emotions is. And another reason is that there's a basic need not being met. Yes. So they're the reasons for toddlers. They're just the same for us. They are. Control, <laughs> and the, ba the basic need, what I loved about this was because um, I worked um, particularly with parents for seven or eight years yes. when I started um, and we had that. Um, I think it was Halt was the name. Are they hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Now that layers very well on to me and anybody else as well. Oh, I must hold on. I have to write that one down. Hungry, angry, angry, lonely, lonely, or tired. Tired. Oh my and I'm, goodness. I'm sure James, you'll come up with an even better one because there's probably other basic needs. But the, they they often talk about being hangry now. Yes, they hungry, do. making you angry. Yeah. yeah. The, the tired piece was an interesting one because. I remember um, I was keeping a journal, this was some years ago, and reading back over it, um, and every night I'd be writing, oh, my God, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm yeah, so tired. Yes, yes. And I looked, I said, okay, so you either do something about it or you stop complaining about it. Yes. Um, but it's acknowledging if we're tired and our energy is down, we're not going to be able to manage or handle things the same way as if we're resourced. No. Um, and there is a lot of people with that... Yeah, as I say, abject tiredness in January and February. Yes. And as you've mentioned with the spring, it's beginning to lift. But there is um, some articles I saw recently about the seven types of rest that we need. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. That's um, up to Google, seven types now, of If I was very good, I could tell you who came up with it, but I can't. Um, but it's physical rest, you know, sleep or yeah. yoga or something yeah. that relaxes yeah. your body. Um, mental rest just switching off these people will resonate emotional rest out of the drama ours or somebody else's or just to give ourselves a break from it and um, sensory rest oh okay yeah because often we can be relaxing but we're listening to something or watching it or but really shutting off and or i think of that one in relation to technology you know the stimulation of the senses which is quite continuous yeah you know, if we have a device in our hands so yeah that's valid for sure and I know one of my sons is he's been in lockdown in Bali since last February 2020. Isn't that God help him. very God tough? Help him. Very tough. <laughs> um, he thought about coming home. He said, But now, really, why would I come home and be locked down in Ireland? But he goes every week to a sensory deprivation tank, which oh. is a flotation tank, but like that, where, you know, he said initially, if you were claustrophobic, it'd be a little bit wobbly. Mm -hmm. But he said, It's just you come out and there's an amazing because everything, all your senses have got a break. Um, so the other ones then are social rest. I right. think a lot of people not having a problem with that at the moment. No, plenty um, of that. And the last two, which were interesting, um, they call them rest, but it doesn't mean that you stop doing them, but it's what allows them to rest. Um, so it's creative rest, allowing your creativity. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whether that's baking or walking or nature or music or anything that allows your creativity flow. So it's given it a chance to rest, to really be owned. I wouldn't think of that. I wouldn't think of that one. That's, that's yes. resonating because we, we tend to forget the, the creativity that goes into a lot of doing. Yes. Um, uh, you know, the thinking before the doing. So, yeah, that's, that's one I wouldn't have considered. And that's why with baking and flair running out in supermarkets mm-hmm. last year, um, baking, if you really enjoy it, I will have to put my hand up and say it would not be a relaxing experience <laughs> for me. My mum is an amazing baker yeah. and she did not pass it on. I actually have a son who's a baker, but it's, 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 it's generation. It's, it did, yeah. it did. Um, but baking, people would say, is you re- it's, it's a form of meditation because it you're in it, it's, it's slow. And then the last one is spiritual rest. Oh. Mm. So allowing what your spirits, um, what, bringing a little bit, anything that brings you a bit of joy. Um, so going back to the tips that yes. idea of t- toddlers can have tantrums teenagers can go out for all of those reasons but if you think about it as an adult it's the same it's the same for us it is and it's beginning to look at you know where within that and um, is there a window for me to be able to change my experience as we're going through this month yeah uh, and next month oh yeah that's there's i mean thank you for that marion because there's there's so much in those few little tips. I've, I've scribbled down the halt because even like saying halt, you know, stop or yield, you know, or pause, you yes. know, right. Am I hungry? Am I angry? It's probably not hungry for me but <laughs> <laughs> because and I won't get into food and baking because you know, I bake anyway, but yes. the um, uh, angry, lonely and tired. Yeah. That's resonating. But the other bit that really strikes me, and, and it's part of the reason why I so value you, not just as a friend, but as someone who is so insightful in this area, is that, you know, rather than just going into offering advice, you know, it's like, what advice would you give yourself? And um, because it, it, it's fascinating, because I would often say to people I work with or to groups, you know, we're all the expert in being ourselves, which is true. But but so often we're in the habit that someone outside of ourselves will have wisdom that we don't. Um, uh, so that piece around, let me think back over the last 12 months and, and what little tips or insights or advice would I offer myself right now is so on the mark, Marion. Um, so on the mark. It's, it's what I'm going to be doing when we dial off this call. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I certainly have the habit of looking externally. So therefore yeah. it's, it's back to you know, let me, let me look inwards just a little bit, um, or at least balance it by looking inwards. Yeah, gosh. Um, Thank you for that. Um, You were saying earlier, and it of course is is so true, going back to basics as, as, as a coach, as coaches, where we're, we're helping people navigate change, or we're helping people instigate change. And one of the things that I, I sort of sense, and I don't know if you sense it too, but after a year or so of having to, you know, react to a changing world, I think the pendulum, we, we look to swing the pendulum back towards regaining autonomy and instigating proactive change in our lives. So we feel a greater sense of control. Um, uh, so for, again, for listeners who are maybe, you know, contemplating making changes or pushing comfort zone, whether that's in the context of their career or more broadly, you know, anything that you would, and based on your experience, Marion, anything that you would offer them by way of a few little tips or, or nuggets of wisdom? A, a, a good question. Um, and I suppose I will draw maybe on some of the conversations we've been having on the courses where we talk right. about change um, because obviously with, with coaching and tra- people trained to be coaches, we talk about it. Um, and I suppose there are three or four things that I, I would often say. Um, so one is, as you said, accepting that change is part of life and the mm. nature of change. Like we're a human being in a human body on a mm-hmm. living planet. Um, so our cells are replacing themselves every day. I think mm-hmm. with 95% or 98% of our body, all the cells are replaced within seven years. As we're sitting or standing here, the world is turning. So how, like, you know, how could we go back to feeling that we can control everything? isn't the natural thing to go with that. If you don't have change, you have stagnation. Yes. Um, we're in the comfort zone, but then that becomes uncomfortable. So one is accepting that change is part of life and we can be proactive, as you say, about it. Um, or it can happen. We can be changed by choice. 
by force or being forced to make a choice. So the first one is to just accept it. The second one then is very much to start to listen to if there's a growing discomfort. Um, I think you said about people contemplating it. Yeah. So if there's a growing discomfort or an unease inside you. Um, what's that trying to tell you? Yeah. What's trying to happen here? And I heard a, um, years ago um, a, an analogy, if that's the right word, sure, about yeah. um, the lobster story. So they say lobsters are soft squishy animals um, and they're inside of a hard shell mm. so as they start to grow they grow out their outgrow their shell and they go under a rock and they shed and break out of the shell and grow a new one but the stimulus for them to go under the rock is the discomfort that they're feeling when they're beginning to outgrow the shell mm. um, and when they go under the rock they're a little bit vulnerable to predators until they grow a new shell so it's a little bit or maybe a lot like that for ourselves where there's a growing discomfort and that mightn't feel nice but if you look to what it's trying to tell me and um, it can pro prompt you to say okay there again change is looking to happen yeah. um, and then how do I need to be in it like if this is happening and it, it's so different for all of us sometimes it might be well I need to be proactive normally I wait for something to happen or for somebody to make the decision for me so maybe I need to be proactive or maybe I need to be a bit courageous and yeah. this isn't easy. I know when I'm doing things and I feel, whoa, like the wobble or I'm outside my comfort zone. I never get that I'm whooping the air, bring on the challenge. But I love when I feel that feeling now because I know I'm pushing myself and I'm growing. Um, or maybe it needs to be more open or vulnerable. Mm. So it's about looking to say, well, what, how do I need to be or how do I want to be if this is starting to come up? And then the last thing is, What's the next thing I want, I need to do? So just one step. Um, yes. and, and that could be beginning to write and talk about it. And um, it could be that you're, I'd say go to a coach, but I'm, it's not that I'm here selling a coach, <laughs> but it's just a coach is someone who's independent, not involved in your life. So it's often a safe space. People say it's great to be able to get it out. And once I get it out, it's not inside. Um, or as yes. you say, was it ink it, not think it? Ink it, don't think it. That, that's yours, yeah. So accept change. Listen to what's going on inside you. Don't resist it. What's it trying to tell you? How do you want and need to be? And then what's my next step? Yeah. So just get into movement because I think a lot of the time um, people would say, you know, this is going round and round inside yeah. me. It's been building and the discomfort is getting more. But it's just looking for us to grow and build a new shell. Yes, yes. I, I love that analogy. I'm, I'm thinking, well, well, two things. You, you, said, you said it so quickly earlier, Marion, and it really resonated with me. I'm going to loop back to it. You said, right, we, we change either through choice, force, or force to make a choice. Am I repeating yes. that back right? Yes. And I said, goodness, that is so true. Yeah. And, and preferably, if we can make it through choice, then we have that sense of proactivity and control. But yeah, we make it through choice, force, or, or force to make, make a choice. That's spot on. Yeah. And the, the, the process of going through it will still be challenging and you have to go through it. But if you've chosen it. Yeah. So, for example, I mentioned when I did the course, I was working in the bank. Yes. Um, and at the end of it, I the end of the course, I said, I have no idea if you could make a living out of doing something like this. Because in 20, 2002, 2003, coaching wasn't very no. well known. No. And I said, um, wouldn't it be amazing? So over the years, there were lots of ups and downs. But because I had chosen it, I had a certain experience. If I had been made redundant or, you know, in somewhere where I felt this was forced upon me, I could have made the same choice. I could have started the same journey, but I could have been way down with the downs and, you know, yeah. be because I didn't choose it. Um, so, yeah, it's like ownership of it. It's like you're an active participant in it. Yeah. It, it reminds me of um, it was something I remember. Uh, participating in myself a while back where you look at say different aspects of your life whether it's where you're living where you're working relationships uh, hobbies all maybe the different ways that we you know we can we can look at success or we, we, we divide life and you you look at it and see right am I am I at cause here or am I in effect so by at cause is like did I choose it you know like, yes did I, did I have an active voice in choosing where I'm living or in the relationship or in the job or or did I sort of just respond to events going on around me and and I found that fascinating when you bring it into the area of change and 
and looking for, for making some adjustments. The, the other thing that comes to mind, Mary, and, and it's a bizarre analogy, this, because I, maybe it's the visual side of me that comes to the fore, but that analogy of the lobster and, and sort of, you know, going under the rock and, and outgrowing the shell and the growing pain of that almost is one that certainly resonates with me. But, but what comes to mind for me is me under a rock having a tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, you know, it's... You know, at, at those stages, I think, and I think it's so true for so many people, and it's certainly true for myself, where, you know, it's it, it's not easy. You know, it's there is discomfort to it. Um, there is questioning. Um, but it is a growing pain at the end of the day. But it's still a pain. Um, yeah. And better the devil you know and all of that sort of stuff comes into play as well. God. And it's, it's so easy when we're talking about it here and... Um, and it's like, if you're going through something, the last thing you want to see is these powerful, positive quotes. Yeah, you know, you yeah. just want to hit somebody. Going, I know. It's not easy. And, <laughs> but to remember that that's okay as well. Like, that's absolutely okay as well. That's part of it. So, you know. That's have, having a tantrum. That's have, having a tantrum. Have the tantrum, allow it for a bit, and then say, okay, now, if I, the only one suffering here is me, so what can I do to help? Yeah. <laughs> Just um, as well to acknowledge, um, when you said there about me saying something and saying it so quickly, I do acknowledge I speak very quickly. So oh, well, I apologize. I, I, I'm with you on that. And of course, you know, we're, we're, we're well used to chatting and, yes. um, and bouncing off each other. And, but, but sometimes when I'm, you know, when, when, when we're recording these podcasts, I try to listen, you know, from the, from the mindset of a listener. And um, uh, that one struck me as, um, how would I say it, as, as a little hidden gem in the, in, 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 in the midst of many other gems, let me, let me say. And speaking of gems, I have it here in my hand, your book, Marion, and of course ah. I have a signed copy, um, which I treasure. Um, Thank you. Uh, adding Life to Your Years. And I, it's published by Veritas, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah. A, lo a lovely lady, Donna Doherty, um, had asked me to do it. Um, and I said, oh, I couldn't do that. I couldn't yeah. do it. Oh, you know. um, but anyway, she got it out of me. She did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's, a, it's a great resource. It's one that I find um, terrific for dipping in and out of. And there's some lovely analogies in it too. And I know, of course, like five or six years later, and then, of course, it's probably even longer than that since you wrote it, because I know there's a, you know, the, the production process of it. Um, and I know you still get you know, positive feedback on it. You know, yes. is there anything in it that you find has really resonated with, with, with readers, you know, little analogies or little anecdotes that, um, you know, that's reflected back to you that people find particularly helpful? Well, what's really interesting is um, there's not one thing that stands out. I suppose mm. it depends on the person and where they're at. Mm. Um, because the book is, it's based on a coaching approach, as you said, it's 26 kind of like, different areas coaching is about being thought-provoking and creative yes helping people to kind of shift their thinking and then what do you do with that that you bring it beyond a conversation or beyond that kind of awareness and that you kind of make a change in your life so there's 20 different six different se sections and there's like a just maybe a page or two about that and then exercises how you can apply them in your life so people would say different ones would apply at different times or they'll dip back in and out of it and there is a piece in there about your circle concern and circle control. And the way I describe it is a cup and saucer. Mm. And we've alluded to that in many ways, which that would be a popular one. But the other probably um, is the whole area of values, because we talk about values and we kind of know it's like in companies, you, they have the values of an yes. organization or a mission statement. But what really does that mean? So our values are why we do what we do. And um, if somebody we talk about goals, it's, you know, everything we want, we want for the feelings that we think it yes. us. So it's looking to, well, what's the, the why behind the goal or as Simon Sinek say, start, begin with why. Yes. And um, it's if we're, you know, our sense of our self-esteem, part of that is feeling that we're worthy of happiness. And when we attach to our values, it's that sense of actually, I know I'm a good person and these things are important to me. And um, it could be maybe there's someone that we don't get on with and we clash with have they got very different values to mm -hmm. me? And that's why I found it for difficult. If we don't align with our own values, if you break one of your own values, you feel guilty. Yes. And um, if you're making decisions, it's a bit clarity. So I could keep talking forever about values, but it's that idea of it just helps people to 
maybe say, is that something I've considered? And here's a couple of questions or exercises to help you to uncover your own. And I think they're then your foundation. They're coming from you. They're your foundation that will help you then in all of those things that I mentioned and probably more, but that's just one. Yeah, no. And and it's one of those concepts that goes to the heart of coaching. I always think because it's, it's personal to you, you know, your values, what's important to you, what do you stand for? Sometimes I I use the analogy there of, you know, your values are, are your own particular recipe in, uh, you know, they're the main ingredients, I should say, in your recipe for fulfillment. If I go back to a baking analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm going to have a cake or some nice um, creation after oh, all this, James. Well, I know, I know people who follow me on Instagram. Half the time it's inspirational quotes, podcast ads, and then the other ones are baking um, baking pictures, um, which wouldn't work too well on LinkedIn. We keep them on, on, on Instagram. <laughs> Let me remind listeners as well, Marion, of, your website, it's marianburn.ie. And of course, you're on most social media platforms as well. Facebook, certainly, LinkedIn, if yes. people are looking to, to connect with you. So be, before we go in, because oh, the time goes by so fast, before we go into our, our closing quick fire round, as it were, you know, Marion, there's no doubt that, that you have a real gift for what you do. And I think that's so evident even in, in the, you know, the gems of wisdom that you've shared with us today. Um, and and I've no doubt, well, I know this for a fact that, you know, you've had such a positive impact on people who've been lucky enough to work with you over the years um, and, and in a group and an individual context. But but let me put this one back at you. What do you enjoy most about, about your work and, and what it is you do? Oh, that's an easy question. Okay. You're finishing with an easy one. Okay. Um, it's people. Um, right. It's working, but it's working with people, but uh, about their lives and about uh, what's going on in their lives and going on inside themselves. So it's it's important work. It's purposeful. It's fulfilling. Yes. It's grounding. It's inspiring. So you're working with people, and um, and then the variety because people are different and the different ways in which I work with people. And um, like no two days are the same. No two workshops are the same because you have different people yes. and you go into different conversations, and. The good thing about that is I never, there's no pressure to be an expert because you're not an expert on people. But what it does mean is that um, I commit to showing up physically, mentally, emotionally available and asking, you know, no agenda of my own, but just asking how can I help? So the people, the variety, it's amazing. And I feel very, very uh, privileged to be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and as I say, people are privileged to work with you. and, And I know I've benefited not just from your, your friendship and support over the years, but from the odd, well-placed coaching type question as well, which sometimes I probably didn't want to hear. (laughs) And likewise, James, in fairness, there's been times when you stop me in my tracks and go, okay, just one question is all you need. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Let's, um, let's close with a few of the the questions I asked all my guests. Okay. What's your most cherished, cherished possession, Marion? Um, well, you see, I can tell you this one because mm. I've lost it. Oh, now. okay. I know. So does that still count? Oh, yes. It's, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So it was um, my dad's wallet. Um, oh. My dad passed away six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I love him to bits. I won't say loved him. I loved yeah. him to bits, um, as everybody did. But when we were growing up, I grew up in the inner city um, yeah. in James's Street. And looking back, probably we wouldn't have had a lot, mm-hmm. but... Um, as a testament to both my mum and dad we, I never knew that because yes. we always had what we wanted and lots of love and support but my dad always had a wallet in his back pocket so mm-hmm. if we were out and we were stuck my mum would say do you have the back pocket right. um, so there was that sense of and in that he also had a, a picture of his mum and um, so it represented that he always provided for us. Yes. Uh, he was always there, that the, 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 the family, the fact that he had a picture of his own mum yeah. up to the time that he passed away. Um, and it was, it was leather. Like it was yes. when you held it, you felt that you could feel him, that it wasn't mm-hmm. like something inanimate. Um, and a couple of years ago, I was moving house um, and in the move, whether it was taken because it was a wallet or oh, whether yeah. it was lost. Um, so even though I don't have it, Above all things out, I know it was certainly my most treasured p- possession, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, lovely. I have lovely. other things, but that just was symbolic. That was, yeah. that was that was top of the list. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you, I'm not sure, have you answered this one sort of already with that, what you enjoy most from your work? But let me give you this question too, Mary. What inspires you? Um, 
I think yes, people, people mm-hmm. stories, people stories, yeah, um, and conversations. Yeah, we're having a conversation, listening to you in conversation with other people. I was talking to my brother this morning, and he's a coach as well. We mm-hmm. talk every day, and we have such interesting and different conversations. I have three wonderful human beings for my children. Mm-hmm. You, might, you might not always hear me saying that, but um, <laughs> they absolutely are. And they're also different. So when I'm having conversations with them because of who they are and how they are, they're all very diverse. So people, conversations, definitely. Yeah, lovely, lovely. Um, what are you currently reading or learning, Marion? Oh, well, now this is easy as well. Oh. Um, your questions are getting easier as we go good, on. Good. Um, so you mentioned surrender earlier on. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking on my desk here at the Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. Oh, um, it arrived yesterday from Eason's. Um, Peter, my eldest son, had said to me he'd read it and he'd said, I think he listened to it. And he said, oh, it's really good. You're going to have to get it. So I really don't know what it's going to be about. But I have it and I'm a couple of chapters in. So I'm reading that and learning wise, I am doing a course on numerology and I'm loving it. And the challenge is I'm so busy. I'm not getting as as much time as I want at it. I'm maybe getting a couple of hours every week but I'm loving it and I'm really enjoying it. I'll do your numbers later, James. Absolutely. There's another episode. The, um, that's interesting, the surrender experiment, because it's something that's very relevant for me at the minute. And I think I've read other stuff by Michael Singer. I'm trying to look at the bookshelves here. I think the, the, the Untethered Soul. Yes, yeah, that's the, what the it other is. Book. Yes, yeah. and that's a good one. That's a good one. Haven't read that one. Yeah. The, um, what's something, Marion, that you saw as a failure or a setback at the time, but now with hindsight, you can see as maybe a blessing in disguise? Um. I That's a trickier now, one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, think nowadays they call it a growth mindset. Um, yeah. Or maybe I, I, I'm just naturally positive or maybe it was the way we were brought up. I don't know. But I probably never, failure isn't a word. I, there'd be lots of setbacks, yeah. things yeah. that you won't want. Um, and there are probably lots of things, but I can always reflect afterwards and see, um, you know, that things are always working out, especially yeah. when you think that they're not. Um, yeah. And if we can remember that when they're going on. But I suppose that one of the key ones would be um, myself and my husband separated and then afterwards, a couple of years later, divorced. Mm-hmm. So that would have been a huge, I suppose, change. You, you have, um, as I say, we have three fabulous kids and we get, on, we get on really well. But that was something that wasn't on the cards when you started out. Um, sure. And it, wa- it was big, but I wouldn't be the person I, was, I am today. And even from a a work perspective, I mean, I may still be sitting somewhere playing small and saying, oh, I couldn't really do that coaching thing or Mm. I'm not good enough. Or whereas I really believed in in the power of coaching, I really felt that this is something I'd love to be able to work at. So I had to work really hard to be able to support myself and then in doing it in a developing industry or Mm -hmm. area. And so for all of those reasons, um, as I say, it was definitely something that as I say you can accept as being things are always working out especially when you think yeah. they're not you know yeah 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 uh, lastly Marion if there was a and I, you gave us some lovely quotes and analogies already today but if there was a motto or a favorite quote that you have words that guide or inspire you what might they be well on this one um, I was talking to my son the other day Niall and it just reminded me and um, so this is an original quote Right. Because there's lots of quotes oh, yeah. of, of a day, depending how you're feeling, different ones will resonate. But this is an original quote from him. Um, a couple of years ago, when he left college, he um, had a lot of stuff had happened over the previous couple of years. Mm-hmm. And when he left college, he went through a year or 18 months of really struggling where he was starting to process a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's amazing in the journey he went on and how he got himself through it. Um, but as things started to, you know, kind of fall into place for him, I remember saying to him one day about, um, I'm so delighted to see things starting to happen for you or, you know, where you're at. I said, because I've been worried about you, you know, and he looks at me the way he would. And he'd say, well, but if you're worrying about me, does that mean, he, does that mean you, you didn't believe I could do it? And he said, rather than worrying about someone, why don't you root for them? Okay. I know. And I said, you should have told me that about three years ago. It would have saved me a lot of hassle. Um, but I love that because if we're worried about someone, maybe we think you worry because you care. 
But worrying yeah. is absolutely no good. It brings us down mm. and it's not having any impact on the other person. Mm. Um, but going back to what can we do, what can we not do? If we root for someone, we're positive energy in our thoughts and in our minds about them. We're having belief in them when they have yes. a lot of themselves. Yes. And just saying, how can I help? And it may be that they say you can't or just listen or here's what you can do. But it was just, he said it, it was so simple, so powerful. So instead of worrying about me, why don't you root for me? Root for me. I love so it. I, I learned, I yeah. come back to where we started about learning and I'm learning all the time. Mm. Yeah, I love that piece that, that Niall shared and also the piece before that, which was, so if you were worrying about me, did you not believe in me? Um, and that brings us right back to what I always think coaching is about, is believing in the client so that they can believe in themselves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and when it comes to family, because we care, we yes. might lose that or, yes. or ourselves. Whereas when it's somebody, a friend or, um, or somebody that's a little further, we can absolutely do it. Yeah, yeah. That's where then we can get in our own way or in their way. Yeah, so yeah. don't worry about them, root for them. There root you go. There you, that's an, oh. original, an original one. <laughs> an original, that's what we want. The um, Marion, thank you. Thank you for your time and for your generosity and for, for I've been scribbling notes. I have a whole page of them here just um, uh, capturing uh, what you were what what you were offering and by way of tips or insights earlier so so uh, so thank you for for joining me today on 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 episode 99 a real treat as i said at the outset a real ice cream cone <laughs> of um of um of pleasure yeah james i will say thank you for the opportunity and um, if people have stuck with this and are still listening i would say thank you to you for to the to them for listening as well yes of course so uh, my thanks to to marion um for her generosity and for her time today and um, if you want to find out more about marion her website is marionburn.ie um, and as marion quite rightly said thank you to you for listening in I'm James Sweetman. More information about me is available on my website, jamesweetman.com. And of course, this is episode 99. So next week, it's episode 100. I'm trying to come up with something, or actually I'm planning to come up with something special for, for next week. Um, and if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us a rating or a comment. Um, it spurs me on. Um, or if you know of anyone else who might find our chat today uh, helpful, um, please pass the details on to them as well or share it on social media. So thanks again for tuning in and until next week, which will be episode 100. <laughs>